following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, we have Philip Sexton in the house with us. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm good. It's good morning today. Yeah. A little cold quit, out there, actually. Quit raining. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one week away from football season. Yep. That's uh, Actually, there's supposedly some games this weekend. I think, I think well, yeah. Well, and I think Thursday is when... I guess you get some games on ESPN and stuff, too. Yeah. Crazy. I know it. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. So, you've got some ideas of things you want to talk about this week. And yeah. uh, why don't you go with it? All right. Well, i tell you the, the first article I kind of want to talk about here. It's from the Wall Street Journal. It's written by um, Melanie Evans. Uh title of it is, what does knee surgery cost? Few know, and that's a problem. So it goes on and it says, For nearly a decade, Gunderson Health Systems Hospital in La Crosse, Wisconsin, boosted the price of knee replacement surgery an average of 3% a year. By 2016, the average list price was more than 50000 including a surgeon anesthesiologist. Yet, even as administrators raised the price, they had no real idea what it cost to perform the surgery. <clears throat> the most common for hospitals in the U.S. outside of those related to childbirth. They set a price using a combination of educated guesswork and a canny assessment of market opportunity. So it says, prompted by rumblings from Medicare and private insurers over potential changes to payments, Gunderson decided to nail down the numbers. During an 18-month 18 18-month review, an efficiency expert trailed doctors and nurses to record every minute of, of activity and note instruments, resources and medicine used the actual cost ten thousand five hundred and fifty at most including the physicians the list price was five times that amount really so it goes on and says competitive forces are out of whack in healthcare. hospitals are often ignorant about their actual costs instead they often increase prices to meet profit targets Patients, especially those with insurance, often don't know the price of a procedure and rarely shop around. So, you know, it, it. the first reason I printed this article was kind of an illustration to show what did really... The, did the hospital lower their price after that? or I think that some, some hospitals are starting to lower their price or at least kind of flatten it off yeah. in, 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 in some sense. Um, 
but the you know the the problem that you've seen is when you start regulating an industry and and getting a kind of a socialist mindset around around a certain industry you know free free health care to everyone or, or something right. like that you see what it really actually does to an industry yeah you, know, you you look at i think two of the biggest two of the biggest um inflationary costs in my lifetime because i mean this wasn't going on just during you know the the health care reform wasn't going on just during obama administration it's been going on since before yeah. i was born um but you look at that you look at college education yeah you know, they they've got the two biggest demographics in in the u.s on some uber high in, inflationary cost structure uh you know, it actually says the dynamic. This dynamic is dry, is a driving force of the explosion in healthcare spending in the U.S., which will soon reach close to twenty percent of GDP. Americans spend more per capita on healthcare than any other developed nation, even though we aren't buying more healthcare overall. Right. So, you know, <laughs> it's a tapeworm. Um, Warren Buffett called it a tapeworm, eating away at the uh, economy. Exactly. Now, it, it when when you allow hospitals to compete and you allow capitalism to take hold, you you get more of an actual price of what something can actually cost. You know, yeah. that ten thousand five fifty. And I think that it, the the sad part is is that it took it took healthcare companies or health insurance companies to go in and and grumble about it for. The hospital to even nail down a price as right. what it cost. They didn't. They didn't know what it cost. It could have cost fifty five thousand. They they weren't sure. That's the problem. Is it? It's so. It, it's so um, kind of, you know, government governmentally controlled that. Well, if you if the if you figure the price is going to get paid no matter what you do, because of the government involvement in healthcare and the reimbursement schedule, you'll just keep raising the price. Yeah. A lot of it, they have to give back through their negotiation with the health insurance companies. So the price doesn't always mean that that's the price. Yeah. But I mean, even when you think, let's say you, let's say you get 30, <laughs> you're still, you're still making really, yeah. really good money, but it's like, you didn't, you didn't look into costs. You didn't look into efficiencies. Right. You know, if a company, if a company like AT&T or Walmart or somebody like that, 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 you know, in the private industry went out there and, and did stuff like that, they wouldn't last. Yeah, that's true. I mean, think like if they were like, oh yeah, we don't know what it costs. We just buy it and go on. Right. And charge you whatever we think you'll pay. There's no way they would last. Right. It's nuts. But the other piece of this that I wanted to touch on too is, you know, when you look at what we what we are doing at Dupree Financial Group, we're managing retirement assets. Yeah, those assets are used to produce an income to pay for your the your expenses in life. Yeah. Well, you've got to be cognizant of what your expenses are, are going to look like way out in the future yeah you know you can't just say well 
my electric bill is 100 bucks a month my water bill is 56 a month my cable bill is this a month and you know my my health insurance is this a month add it all together and say i'm gonna need a thousand dollars a month for the rest of my life it doesn't work like that mm-hmm. this right here proves it i mean yeah. you look at the the booming cost increases in not only health care but health insurance yep. you know pieces of this that you know electricity really hasn't changed a whole lot your electric bill probably hasn't gone up a whole lot in the past few years but i guarantee you the cost of your health care has yeah you know so you oh yeah i pay the uh health insurance bill for uh our company every month it's amazing yeah how expensive it is i i I don't doubt it yeah (laughs) thanks for that by the way yeah you're welcome (laughs) but that's that's the thing is so when you're looking at okay yeah you know what your set expenses are now but i can almost guarantee you that if you live 20 years not every single one of them are going to be a great deal higher but there are going to be pieces of the pie that are going to be higher so what what we're trying to do you know because if you if you have something like a pension income or you know social security some of those things do have a cost of living adjustment they're minor mm-hmm. other things are just a set monthly payment that you get that you receive from an annuity company or something like that you know your your income coming in stays flat but if your costs are going up you can right. put yourself in a great deal of peril in the future we're trying to be more conservative with what we're paying out so that way we can afford to hopefully give you a raise in the future if you get if if the things you're investing in raise their dividends over time exactly and when you think of how the economy works so this is, i'm gonna put some some crazy demographics on you really when you look at when you look at the stock market from the very very beginning to now and you drew a line from point to point that line's got a positive slope that's right in between that line there's a bunch of many positive and negative slopes right you know you've you've got you've got dips and you know peaks and valleys peaks and valleys yeah but ultimately there's a positive slope that's right there's a reason that that has been an ultimately positive slope demographics mm-hmm. you've you've continued to see increases in population yeah. you know so if population in the united states increases by three percent a year that should tell you that goods and services should increase along with it mm-hmm. um you know may not necessarily be a tip for tat but in some fashion goods and services so you know there are companies that'll go bankrupt companies that have poor management and do something wrong but if you've picked the right companies and you've done your research correctly then you can hopefully have some good companies that'll continue to incrementally increase the goods that they're selling the services that they're selling to where hopefully you can incrementally raise that dividend over time yeah and that's you know that's really what we're trying to do yeah. when we're looking at things it's uh yeah. kind of kind of crazy when you think about it like 
those little peaks and valleys can cause such an emotional swirl. Oh, yeah. You know? Cause you to bail out on the whole thing. Yes. But when you ultimately look at things and you, you look at the world around you, and you, if you did, I, 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 I kid you not, if you did, if you drew a line from point to point, just think about it. Yeah. You would be better off. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Philip Sexton. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. It's about what matters. I want the government out of my life. It's about what's important. I got something serious to say. It's about life. life. It doesn't matter what side you're from. Join the conversation. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. On News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at DupreeFinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. You know, you think about um, the expenses that people have. And the a lot of people just retire too early. They need additional income and along with what they're getting from their uh, retirement savings. They need to continue working. Some of them need to keep working up into their 70s. It would help them. Yeah, and, and I mean, honestly, some people don't ever need to retire. Yeah. Because you, you need to you need you need to have a plan for what you're going to do with retirement. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's great to retire, but ultimately if you're um if you're only if your only goal is to, you know, sleep 12 hours a day and watch TV 12 hours a day and you don't have anything else on the agenda to do, you know, you, you're in trouble. That's right. You've got to have some hobbies. You, you know, you've, you've got to, like, I think of my grandparents, um, my grandmother, (laughs) I give her grief. She, she signed up and volunteers for stuff and i said you work more now than you did when you were working but she just enjoys doing these things you know she's, mm-hmm. she's in homemakers things like that my grandfather um he uh he mows yards yeah <laughs> he helps me out with stuff that that's that's my grandfather's hobby is like yeah i'll call him and be like hey 
You know, I, I want to build a table or something like that, and they'll be like, "Okay, I'll bring some tools over." You know, I, that, you that's go. that's what he likes to do. So that's good. Um, you know, you've got to have something to occupy your time more so more so occupy your mind. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the biggest thing. You know, it. What else you want to look at here? We were talking about the, uh, you know, the 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 ultimate long term trend of of the stock market, and the the miniature ups and downs on that long term, yeah. you know, long term goal. There, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal. I've actually got a couple different ones here. One from Wall Street Journal, one from Barron's. Um, we'll start on the Wall Street Journal one though. Uh, it's written by James McIntosh. It says, calling bull on the longest bull market. Yeah. Uh, so the market actually closed, I think, at its all-time high yesterday. I think it was about two points above its all-time high on the mm. S&P 500. Right. Um, you know, it, it's so this article goes on to say, investors in, U, in big U.S. stocks will have no trouble believing that we're on the threshold of the longest bull market ever, with Wednesday setting a new record of 3,453 days. Quibbles about exactly what happened in 1990, 98, or 2011 won't matter for those who had the foresight and luck to hold the S&P 500 during its 320-plus run from the low of March 9th of 2009. What truly matters for investors is that the market has gone up a lot really a lot over a long period but given how much attention bull markets and new records get it is worth spending a bit of time on the quibbles the widely accepted definition of a bear market is a drop of 20 percent from the last peak in this site in this cycle while bull markets are usually measured from the lowest point reached until the peak before the next bear market on that basis the broad u.s market has only been in bull phase since October of 2011, when most stock gauges were back in a bear market, down 20% from their post-crisis highs hit earlier that year. So, you know, it, it goes on to say that in 2011, on an intra- so it, the S&P 500 closed down 19.4% yep. on an intraday basis. So in the middle of the day, at its low, of, at its low point, it was down 21.6%. Yep. That is technically a bear market. Right. Um, you know, we we've, we've had we've had a couple of corrections in the past 4 years, technical corrections where the market's down 10%. Yeah. You know, so when when people go out and say, "Oh, this is the longest bull market ever," you've kind of got to put an asterisk next to it. You, you, you've you've kind of got to look at, okay, yes, you know, from point to point, it's done great. Right. But at the same time, in between there, you've had these you've had these Big dips, uh, changes. Big changes. And, you know, that's where you really have to hone in on things and say, okay, you know, do you sell things just because the, the news media is saying, oh, we're on a 10-year bull market. It's the longest bull market ever. You know, yeah. everybody everybody batting down the hatches. The, the recession. Air market's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Well, okay. I can tell you one thing. You know, a, a bear market, you know, even if it comes, if you've done your research, you've picked wisely, 
and you've got good stocks and you've got a, a consistent income stream coming in, mm-hmm. you know, th- that has been paid by profits of companies that sell goods and service, goods and services on a consistent basis, then you've, you've put time on your side. That's right. You know, you, I, it's, you've taken that, you, you've taken that bear market, stared it in the face and laughed at it. <laughs> you don't laugh at it. Well, you don't laugh at it, but okay. I'll take laugh at it away. You, you've looked at it and said, I'll be okay. Yeah. You know, you, you're not punching the sell button. You know, saying get out because you right. you you've looked at stuff and you realize, hey, if the things you own are reasonably valued, yeah, and have good businesses behind them, yeah, you you've looked at things and you've said, hey, you know, I, I I've got money coming in to pay my health insurance, to pay my electric bill, right. I've got time to wait. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're the opposite of this, and you say, hey, I was selling shares of selling shares of Amazon to to pay for stuff mm-hmm. you know cuz it was a it was home run you know you can't miss with Amazon well you know it used to be you couldn't miss with Walmart right you know it used to be you couldn't miss with GE stock that's right <laughs> you can miss with anything that's true you know if you're relying solely on growth give us a call yeah <laughs> That's true. I, I'll just go ahead and tell you that right now. Just, just give us a call and let let us let us show you what we're what we're talking about, right? Um, you know, because that I can't say it enough. It it if you if you live off of the produce, then you're not you're not chopping down the apple tree. That's right. You have to live off what it, the apple tree generates, which is dividends. Dividends, income. That's right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Preacher Philip. <laughs> it's News Radio 630 WLAP. HelpWantedLexington.com presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Hey, Dave, can we please turn that down? The music? Music helps create a more productive work environment. But, Dave, I think it depends on what kind of music you play. Of course it does. This music helps me drown out your whining. <laughs> but, uh... There, that's better. Don't work for a Dave. Find a boss you can respect. One who's looking for great and local talent at helpwantedlexington.com. Local jobs that work. Life out here is better because of our animals. At Tractor Supply, we know your animals are more than pets and livestock. They're part of your family. So bring your animals to our Out Here with Animals event, August 22nd through the 26th. You'll find great prices on brands like 4Health, Neutrina Feed, Rachel Ray Nutrish, Dog Chow, and more. We'll be hosting a nationwide adoption event Saturday, August 25th that you and your animals don't want to miss. So head on out to Tractor Supply with your entire family, animals and all. Win your way to our 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Justin Timberlake, Fleetwood Mac, Mariah Carey, and so many more. Two nights on one stage. Hosted by Ryan Seacrest, September 21st and 22nd at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is using technology, innovation, and interaction to bring its customers great products, rewards, service, and access to unique and unforgettable experiences. 
Francis is in Ireland and speaking out on the child sexual abuse scandal that continues to rock the Catholic Church. Speaking through an interpreter, the Pope says he and the Vatican share the outrage of victims in the public. I cannot fail to acknowledge uh, the grave scandal caused in Ireland by the abusive of young people, minors, by members of the church uh, charged with responsibility for their protection and education. Francis will meet with survivors of church abuse. Tomorrow, he'll lead mass for the World Meeting of Families that was last held three years ago in Philadelphia. In Hawaii, Lane now a tropical storm. It's still packing a punch, though. 65 mile per hour winds and heavy rain. Tropical storm warnings in effect for Maui and Kauai. In Arizona, praise and prayers for Senator John McCain after his family announced he's discontinuing his treatment for brain cancer. Politicians on both sides of the aisle offering their support. Michelle Franz in ABC News. Our weekend is off and running with a lot of humidity pouring back into the region from the southwest. That'll fire up a scattered shower thunderstorm on this Saturday, low 80s. Middle 80s on Sunday, upper 80s by early next week with at least a threat for those afternoon thunderstorms. Have a great weekend. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. Don't miss Cadillac's Made to Move Summer Event going on now at Quantrell. You'll find incredible savings. Make your best deal and get 0% 60-month financing. That's no interest for five years. Plus, you'll receive $2,000 down payment assistance on most new 2018 Cadillacs through August 31st. With approved credit through GM Financial, payments are $1,667 per $1,000 financed. This offer excludes XTS. Or if you prefer, we have exceptional lease options available. Come in to Quantrell Cadillac today. The University of Kentucky is much more than a place of learning. We're an economic driver for the Commonwealth. A $3.7 billion enterprise of academics, research, and healthcare, and one of Kentucky's largest employers. 77% of UK graduates are employed in Kentucky five years after graduation and earn 25% more than the national average 10 years after enrolling. See how we're moving Kentucky forward at uky.edu. See blue. Doctor, award-winning chief medical correspondent and Salon Pass user, Dr. Bob Arnott. For pain relief, the best solution may surprise you. I found that Salon Paws Lidocaine Plus works best for my pain. It's powerful, available without a prescription, and uses two anesthetics to numb nerves right where it hurts. It starts to work on contact, providing effective, lasting pain relief I can count on. Salon Paws, in the silver box with the blue wave. 630 WLAP. Seems I've got to have a change of scene. Every night, have the strangest dream. Prison, by the way, might have been. Left here on my own, so it seems I've got to leave before I stop myself to scream Someone locked the door and took the key Back on the Tom Dupree Show. 
You know, the thing that we talk about till we're blue in the face is we want our clients at Dupree Financial Group to have plenty of retirement income. That's why we invest in things that pay a dividend. Um, everything we discuss rotates around that. So we might not be discussing something like that directly. We might be talking about health care and what the cost of a knee replacement is. But that relates back to the retiree. That relates back to our clients who have to pay for these kinds of things out of their income. So we're constantly looking at our clients when we're coming up with ideas. We're thinking about ways this is why I discuss politics and things like that in the first hour, because that lends itself to the environment that we're living in, and it relates to people, many of whom are retired, and what it's gonna, what kind of quality of life they're going to have in their retirement. That's a very important thing, because it's not all just about money. It has to do with the way the country's going and uh, those sorts of things. So that's that's what we try to do. I, I truly believe a, a political action um, has a greater deal of effect on someone in retirement, you know, in their life than, than anyone else because, well, you know, if you're 80, it's not like you're going to go back to work. It's not like you can be like, oh, no, you know, this happened. I better go back to work. Right. You know, you <laughs> – you you've you've got to be cognizant of the 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 court you're playing on. I guess is how I would say it. You know, someone in their someone in their twenties, well, they got time to adjust and adapt. Yeah. You know, someone someone in their seventies, you you've got to be a lot more cognizant. Um. You know, it, it's it's sad to say it that way, but you you know, this is why we do this. We you you've got to talk about these things, and you you've got to understand the game you're playing you've got to understand how to play it and i think that is i think that that right there that statement i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to that for a second because that that is probably one of the bigger problems in the retirement de demographic they understand the game they're playing or you know they understand the game pretty well they don't understand how to play it right you know, it's sort of like basketball. Like, you know, uh, everybody in the NBA understands the game they're playing. A team like the Spurs and Greg Popovich, they know how to play it. That's right. You know, they they you you that that's what we're that's trying a good to good point. You know, we're looking at things and and we're saying, okay, income. I mean, we're going back real old school here, old school fundamentals here. You know, it, income is a more consistent thing. Right. Growth, growth, albeit great, isn't as consistent. You know, you, you, income puts time on your side. Yep. Growth has to happen then and there That's for, right. for things to work out. So we're, we're, we're trying to play the game correctly. Yep. So what else you got, Philip? All right. So. You look at the uh, 
you know, what I was talking about, the, the longest bull market. And, you know, you, you get a lot of these, these media outlets and a lot of these analysts and things like that. And they say, oh, you know, the bear market's coming, like we just talked about. You know, when you say that, you the first initial question out of anyone's mouth should be, well, why? You know, give me, give, you know, paint the picture as to why it's coming. And I've got some articles here, you know, and, and I've got one from Market Watch. It's an opinion piece by Howard Gold. Um, and it's titled, This Historic Bull Market Could Run At Least Another Year. Uh, and I'm going to read the, uh, you know, what he says uh, in here. He talks about, first off, bull markets don't die of old age. They die of fright. Uh you know, what, what people are most afraid of is a recession. Um, but there's recessionary signals. Uh, so when you look at three, th- three signs of a recession that he uses, so he uses a sharp decline in housing starts. Uh, that, that's a big piece of the economy. Yeah. A drop in consumer confidence. I think that's a very good thing to, to look at for a recession, you know, because... I think psychology behind the consumer yeah. is is just is very very important, um, and a yield curve that's inverted by sixty basis points, which means that the two year treasury is yielding point six percent more than the ten year treasury. Yeah. So, in July, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, housing starts fell one point four percent. I think in August they actually rose back a little bit. Uh, the University of Michigan's latest index of consumer sentiment was off 1.5% uh, from last August. And as of Friday, the 10-year Treasury yielded 26 basis points, or 0.26% more than the two-year, mm-hmm. which is still in positive territory. So by all three metrics that he uses, there are no imminent signs of a recession. No. So you look at, so then he goes on to say, you know, reported earnings based on generally accepted accounting principles, GAAP, for the S&P 500, have soared an astonishing 1,688% from the 12 months ended March of 2009 through the 12 months ended June of this year. Of course, 2009, 12-month GAAP earnings were deeply depressed, but you go on and you said, the S&P 500 the S&P has just has just had two consecutive quarters of nearly 25% year over year earnings growth that right there should should tell you something yeah. you know earnings are still growing sales are still growing consumer confidence is at the highest it's been since 2007 yep you know all of these signs are pointing to positive signs Yep. There's nothing saying, hey, <laughs> you know. We got to have a recession right yeah. now. Well, and, and yeah, there's there's nothing saying, hey, you've got people buying houses that can't afford houses or, or anything like that, like 2008. Yep. You know, you, you've got all these positive signs. Uh, you talked about transportation, um, you know, the, the, the rally in transportation. You're starting to see more and more good ship. Online retail has, has created a boom in that industry. You know, there there's to the point to where they're struggling finding drivers. 
you know, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing wage inflation in, in that specific area. Right. You go on, uh, it's talks about bond funds are thriving. Uh, so there's an article from Barron's, uh, it says, uh, it's by Darren Fonda. Yeah, I read that right. Uh, he goes on and he talks about bond funds may be benefiting from an exodus of stocks that have been building for months. Domestic equity funds have seen net withdrawals of $87 billion this year and $192 billion overall since January of 2016. Uh, taxable bond funds, meanwhile, have recorded net inflows of $706 billion. So you've seen all this this money going on to the kind of the sidelines, you know, going into places that are more like dry powder esque you factor all this together you know there's not an over exuberance in the market you know that's usually what happens when you see a bear market happen is that it's kind of like a, a game of hot potato everybody's like oh you can't lose you can't lose and everybody jumps in and the last guy on the wagon's the one that kind of falls off yeah you know you look at so from the the trucking thing um you know darsh and i actually this week we found we went on the uh, Census Bureau, and this was uh, dated for release on August the 15th. It's manufacturing and trade inventories and sales. So you look at this, and you say the combined value, so this is sales, uh, the combined value of distributive trade sales and manufactured shipments for June adjusted for seasonal and trading day differences, but not for price changes, was estimated to be up 0.3%. Um from May to June, inventories uh, were projected to be up 0.1% from May. But here's the here's the kicker. Inventory to sales ratio. The total business inventory to sales ratio based on seasonally adjusted data at the end of June was 1.33. The June 2017 ratio was 1.39. So you're not seeing a pickup in warehoused inventories. You're actually seeing a decline in them. Yeah. Now, when you're seeing a decline in warehouse inventories, that is that is a good sign for the economy. Right. People are going in buying more stuff. Yep. You know, they're buying it quicker than the <coughs> the retail companies can bring it in right. and put it in so. the inventory. Now that that right there is a positive sign, if I've ever seen one. Um you know, so basically that's that's one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to look at not just hone in on just the company itself, but also what is the whole entire global economy look like? Yep. You know, what's the landscape look like? And, you know, how does that fit into the ultimate, you know, puzzle of what we're trying to put together? Yeah. And, and when you look at things, because you get bombarded that that's one thing that technology has done is it's it's bombarded people with information yeah bombarded people with news coverage well when you get every single thing thrown at you you've, you've got to be able to sift through it yep you know and, and this is where you have to be able to look at things and look at hard data and say okay you know yeah we're in a really long bull market it's done great but what do the underlying fundamentals look like? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, so then when you look at underlying fundamentals, okay, now you can look at a company. Okay. What's That's this, right. what's this company look like? What is it? What does its underlying fundamentals look like? 
You know, and then you can really drill down into that company. Right. That's that's how you play the game. That's right. That's exactly how we play it. And uh, we will look at the economy, but we will look at what's going on around a company that we own. One of those is Blackstone. You've got something in here about them, and we'll pick that up when we come back from the break. Uh, You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. From work to kids to running errands, you're always on the go. To work, the gym, or running errands. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Hey, Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Okay, we're back. On the Tom Dupree Show. Philip, what is this article about Blackstone? This is an interesting company that we own, and uh, they're a private equity company. They do uh, lots of deals, and you got something here about them. So I kind of wanted to touch on Blackstone, too, today, because it's a really, really hard company to to explain you know, when when you're when you're doing a quick brief summary of it, you know, you, you sit there and you say it's the world's largest private equity company. So then they're like, Okay, are you you know, are you putting money in a hedge fund? Well, no, not 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 really. Um so the way that Blackstone is structured is you have all of these accredited investors that invest money into these funds at Blackstone whether it be a, a credit hedge fund, a private equity, a buyout fund, something like that. Blackstone has contracts on, on each different fund on, you know, how long the money is, is locked up, you know, how, what's the liquidity of that money, what's the management fee of that, you know, what's the incentive fees. So Blackstone makes money two ways. They, they make a management fee to manage that money. They make an incentive fee to, you know, if you reach certain profit thresholds for your clients, you get to collect an incentive fee. Um, you know, it's it's that's how the game's been played in, in private equity for quite some time. Now, Blackstone as a company, 
then goes out and has stock that go, that trades on the public market to give the company a value. Um, that's stock. So those management fees and those incentive fees, the way the Blackstone is, is set up are funneled in the form of dividends to the stockholders. You know, what we're doing is, is we're buying that funnel of income, complete liquidity. Right. You know, we're not locking money into a hedge fund for 10 years, and we get the income from it Yep. with the income benefit. Now, it's a very, very lumpy income benefit because you've got the management fee. That piece is the consistent piece. You know, you're, you're, man, you're, you're charging the management fee every single year. It's coming in, you know, but that is the that is the consistent foundational layer right then you get what's called special dividends how special dividends work that's the incentive fee so blackstone becomes the world's largest private equity company not because people just like steve sportsman you know it's because the company has produced good returns over the past for its clients right so this goes on and talks about Blackstone is exploring a one billion plus sale or IPO of Auto Lender Exeter. I don't know if I pronounced that right. E X E T E R Exeter. So it goes on to say, and this is out of Reuters. Private equity firm Blackstone has hired investment banks to study a possible sale or IPO, initial public offering of subprime auto lender. Exeter Finance. Sources familiar with the matter said on Wednesday. Irving, Texas-based Exeter Finance is expected to be valued north of $1 billion by Blackstone in a transaction, according to the sources, who spoke on condition of anonymity as the matter was not public. So then it goes on in low, later in the article. Blackstone is likely to favor a sale of Exeter to a bank or another specialty lender as opposed to another private equity firm according to two of the sources, with one source noting that Blackstone had reached out to three potential buyers. Strategic buyers, um, like the like the banks that they said, can often justify paying a higher price than buyout firms for deals since they can extract cost savings from combined business. Mm -hmm. Should Blackstone not reach a sell agreement, it would look to list Exeter near, uh, next year on the stock market, one of the sources at if Blackstone is unable to achieve an appropriate valuation through either a sale or listing, it could retain the business. Blackstone acquired Exeter in 2011 from private equity firm Navigation Capital Partners. Blackstone said at the time it was investing up to $277 million and that NCP and management would retain a minority interest in the company. So they, $277, they're rolling it out for... Just north of a billion. Yeah, they've made three to four times their money. Yes, and I think there, there's that's where the incentive fees come in. Yeah. Now, how you generate those is you have to sell that, sell that piece right. in some form or fashion. But here's the best thing: is that money. You don't have people trying to take money out or do anything like that. It's 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 a contracted management structure. So Blackstone has the time to let things grow, let things cook, and they can see the ultimate end goal. And the second thing is, is now they're in here and they're talking about selling to a bank because they hope they can sell it at a premium. Well, and if they can't sell it at a premium, okay, well now they'll list it at an IPO. 
if they can't get the price that they want, they wait. That's right. You know, that that right there is the epitome of what we're talking about. Yeah. You take the income that you're getting and you wait for the value that you think that it is to be realized. That's right. That is exactly what Blackstone is doing. <laughs> I, I you know, I, I can't I can't say it enough. You know, that that's uh that's an interesting piece for us is because you that they're doing something similar to what we're trying to do. Yeah. And they're taking this money and they're managing it to produce a good income, a good return. Plus a management fee for them. Exactly. Now, when you look at when when you look at, I I think the biggest piece there was the the time, you know, and it said should Blackstone not reach a sell agreement, it would look to list Exeter next year on the stock market, and if Blackstone is unable to achieve an appropriate valuation through either a sell or a listing, it could retain the business. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're not forced to sell. Key key term there, forced to sell. If you've got income coming in, you've got time. You're not forced to sell. Right. You know, when you're looking at your portfolio, if you're owning something that doesn't pay a dividend, you're owning something that doesn't pay some form of income, you're forced to sell it right. to pay for the knee replacement surgery. Yes. The health insurance for the knee replacement surgery. You're forced to sell it. If you're forced to sell it, and you better be praying that it's up that day. Yeah, that's right. Now, that is exactly that is exactly what we're trying to do, is keep you from being forced to sell something. Forced to sell something. So that's a good point. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree show. Um, we're talking about retirement investing. That's a that's what we do at Dupree Financial Group. And we try to address all sorts of things that would uh, pertain to retirement investing (coughs) and things that would be important to the retiree or the retirement investor. If you have a portfolio that is operating and you're not exactly sure how you're going to get income from it, you might want to give us a call at 859-233-0400 because we can take that uh, portfolio, look at it, and perhaps give you some good ideas as to how you might want to manage it. So thanks for listening. Uh, we, You can call us once again at 859-233-0400 if you have questions. It's the Tom Dupree show you've been listening to. Dupree Financial Group, 233-0400, News Radio 63, 630 WLAP.